We're putting the band back together. Twisted Minds brought you the original fan ball. We had a bad time with enough to turn goat piss in the gas This is the Fan Ball Fantasy Football Podcast. If you're dumb, surround yourself with smart people. And if you're smart, surround yourself with smart people who disagree with you. Welcome back to another episode of the Fanball Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Fish. I'm sitting alongside John Tuvey. How are you doing, John? I am doing, I'm gruntled, I'm gruntled. shoveled, and <laughs> what, what else would I be? I'm not disgruntled, I'm not disheveled. I'm pretty, pretty dang good. That's how I'm doing. How can you not be from where we're sitting? Yeah, this is a, an alfresco podcast. We're podcasting from the roof. Of T3 Fanball World Headquarters. We can see the home of the soon to be wildcard champion or runner up, whatever it is, <laughs> sneaking into the playoffs by the back door, Minnesota Twins. Yeah. Do, you, do you get a banner for winning the wild card? You get t shirts and, and okay. sprayed with champagne. Oh, I know that. That's 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 <laughs> a given. I mean, but like at the at the say you go down in the division round, do you present a wild card? banner to the people on opening day 2018 we're very works (laughs) we're very close to them we will print up a banner and bring it over (laughs) to them uh that voice you just heard was jay clemens he is here with me nice intro there nice smooth (laughs) oh i try so uh it's been a week or so it's been a few days don't tell that people make it sound like we're doing these non-stop because we have nothing better to do than uh getting a uh Helping you with your fantasy a major, football lineups. major website off the ground. Yeah, Absolutely. we have nothing better to do. Well, Absolutely. we'll be rolling out a bunch of these going forward. But uh, week one was was pretty chaotic, and yes. I think that's uh, you know football's back now. We're football's we're live. Back. We're loving football, so we felt the need to express it, it's ourselves. It's a good chaotic though. When I drove home yesterday. I actually didn't know what day it was. I'm like, every day just <laughs> flies by, and we have so Going, much to do right, in the office right. that I actually didn't know. I was like, is today Chiefs Patriots, or is that tomorrow? I, I honestly couldn't remember. It Holiday time. weeks do that, too. But, yeah, we've been so busy. But you mentioned the Chiefs Patriots. They played last night. Football's back, as John said, and we had a game. Let, let's talk about it. So, Alex Smith is on pace for nearly 5,900 <laughs> yards and 64 touchdowns. Of course he is. Kareem Hunt is on pace for nearly 4,000 total yards and 48 touchdowns. And Tyreek Hill is on, on pace for a 2,100-yard, 16-touchdown season. All that's going to happen, I'm sure. Did, did you mention how Mike Gillisley is on track to break the all-time rushing touchdown record? Did I, did I miss that part? Well, he, 48? That, yeah. yeah, 48. That would be, that would be impressive. He'll yeah. snap uh, LeGarrette Le- Blunt's record by week six. Well, I already yeah, predicted I think it. Ladinian had 28 <laughs> touchdowns. Oh, geez, I forget what year that was. I want to say it was 2006, the year that they were 14 It was, two? yep. Okay. Uh, but, you know, Gillisley, as I wrote in Revelations, he will smash that thing. Or you could just take the other way and say he's basically a slight upgrade from Jerome Bettis' infamous 2004 season opener where he had five carries for one yard rushing but ended up with three touchdowns of the day. So doing the math, that's 18 PPR points for basically doing <laughs> absolutely nothing. You know. Well, I have a little more faith in Gillisley this season than that. But uh, probably, probably somewhere in between those two. <laughs> 
way to way to you know make a big area and then jump right in the middle of it. I like that. It's aggressive. Here's the thing that stuck out for me last night as a guy who has been uh, trailing well behind, possibly going in the other direction of the Tyreek Hill bandwagon. <laughs> you know he's going to get the home run. I, 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 and I will bet multiple times on Bill Belichick stopping the home run. It was a busted coverage play, the one for 75. But the six for 58 tells me he's going to be a volume guy too. And I think I've been underselling Tyreek Hill. So I'm, I'm willing to back off the, I don't want to call it Tyreek Hill hatred, but I, you know, I, I had him as a guy that was being dramatically overvalued. I think he'll, he'll slip into that number two wide receiver fantasy role that I wasn't sure that he would be able to to pay the dividends on. But he may push for a, a top ten by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. I'm not going to beat myself up about stuff like this. <laughs> like I was trying, Someone was getting excited about him yesterday. I'm like, okay, if you take away the receiving touchdown that he just had, he was five for 49 yards, which is fine. But it's one of those things where if I drafted him, I didn't draft him in any of my seven leagues, okay? So let's just state that for the thing. But if I did, he would have started, but it would have been a reluctant start. Very similar to I started James White. He was my third running back. And unless I had Brady as a handcuff, it was a reluctant start because I figured it would be a high-scoring game. And no one could argue 42-27 is 69 points. No one's going to argue with that over-under. You think... Well, you could if you're bad at math. Sure, but if someone told you... No, I don't mean argue with things. But if someone <laughs> told you that the, the over-under would be 69, you would think, okay, Brady's going to get a lot of points. You would have never guessed 16 completions. You know the weird thing is? I looked it up. Brady's had games of 16 or fewer completions. He's like, had like three or four in the last two years. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's like a given for 30. But if someone would have told you 69 points, there's no way you would have said two catches for Gronk, four touches for Chris Hogan, uh, 16 completions for Brady, and... Uh, Kareem Hunt breaking Billy Sims' 37-year-old record for total yards in terms of what he had, 246. And then he also had three touchdowns to match Billy Sims. So from a PPR perspective, it is the single greatest debut in NFL fantasy history. It definitely is. And I think almost all the players last night, the the ones that exploded are going to regress. And the ones that didn't show up, <laughs> the Gronks, Kelsey's, are going to improve. I, it was a weird game where, where it was all... All or nothing. No one had a like a middle of the road game. It felt okay. Uh, so you know who did? Travis Kelsey. That was basically it. five catches, forty <laughs> yards, nine nine PPR points. You'll take it against a good defense. I still that's feel it. that's low. Everybody else was. You're right. Completely on one end of the spectrum. Nine fantasy football points for a guy who scored well over two hundred last year is below his average. Yeah, but, but it's not. You can live with it. Yeah, you, know, you can live with it. Let me pose this question. I'll, I'll go first to Fish, and then I'll follow up to Jay. Um, of the guys last night, which which narrative are you buying? You know, which one that had the great game are you saying, you know what, I think I'm on board with not necessarily, you know, 350 yards from Alex Smith every week, but Alex Smith is a legitimate fantasy guy, or 200 and whatever yards from Cream Hunt, but I'm buying Cream Hunt as a as a legit fantasy guy. Which which of those standout plays are you saying, I, I'm on board? I, I'm going to go off book from the super standouts and say Brandon Cooks. I did not expect this going into the game. 
Uh, when Edelman went out, I changed my tune on Brandon Cooks. But he went three for 88, and he was interfered, interfered with several times. And this is in a game where Jay already said Brady only competed, completed 16 passes. How did they call interference? I didn't mean to interrupt. On the one play where that ball was going out of bounds, Brady was high. On the very first pass to Dwayne Allen was an easy that completion. Was a touchdown. Brady yep. was high on like three or four passes, I think. And that pass to Knocking Cooks wasn't even off. close to him. Yeah, that 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 one was. I thought it was uncatchable, but you know, sometimes week one, especially defending champs in their home stadium, you're going to get a college. <laughs> yep, I would think so. Yeah. Uh, did Jay. you have a thought to finish, or I was no? Gonna, Jay, how about you? Well, sorry, I, I wanted to go. The, I wanted to go a different oh, yeah. way with Jay. I wanted to go. Which of the guys that didn't do what we expected? Oh, I was hoping I could talk about Cream Hunt, but okay, that's fine. Uh, well, we got pl- We we saw Cream Hunt. We know you're on board. But how I about of the guys that, that didn't do what you thought? Which of them are you saying, this is my buy-low opportunity? I'm rushing out to get Tom Brady because people are hitting the panic button or Gronk or you know, fill-in name here. Well, I think you could say Brady or Gronk together. Um, uh, you know, like a lot of people said that Gronk looked like he was lumbering. You know, like I, when I used to coach basketball, I would make fun of kids by saying, and like just kind of needling them, not like mocking them, but like, Saying, boy, you're running like you got a piano on your back. That's what Gronk looked like last night. Mm-hmm. He looked like a guy who wasn't physically ready. And I know a lot of people think, well, he only had two catches. It was a slow night. You're still running routes every time, and you have to come, you have to run back essentially. Like he looked exhausted. And uh, it's weird that when I was rewatching the game, I feel like most of that lumbering look came after the touchdown that he dropped. I wonder if he landed funny. Well, it, that's what it looked to me. I, when he got up and he wasn't really, it was kind of a mild spike, mm-hmm. Gronk spike from him. And it was kind of, you know, not shooing <laughs> away teammates, but he, you don't hug me too don't much. Jump on I me. wonder if he landed on the ball or landed on his rib or something like that that did cause the lumbering. But don't forget, this is a big dude. So yeah. mm-hmm. he's still uh, lumbering. He's still going to get open quite a bit. I'm confident about Brady. I'm supremely confident about Chris Hogan. Like, they, if they... How many times did they talk about in the broadcast, like the missing link of filling that Edelman uh, void? Well, the only way to fill that Edelman void is to either go to James White all the time or to go to Chris Hogan. Like, it's great that Amendola got yards, but that, like, that was a case last night of no one was really respecting him relative to the other uh, playmakers on the team. So they basically let him get what he did until he got hurt, that kind of thing. Like, James White will be fine. Like, you know, I thought the. It was a much bigger crisis point for the Patriots, what, 2014, when Brady had that horrible game against the Chiefs in prime time and got replaced. And after that, last night just looked like it was, you know, people forget it was 27-21 or 24-21. If Brady doesn't cross that line on the, the touchdown pass to James White, White ends up with, what, 14, 15, 16 PPR points. And the, the Patriots go up, to, what, 31-21 instead of 27-21. Could have been a completely different ball game. Things just got out of hand in the fourth quarter. Yeah, if, uh, if you're paying attention, you notice that the uh, Chiefs closed on a 28-3 run. Yeah. Yep. 28-3 oh, run. Oh, hey. Ah, nice. you. Credit to whoever pointed that out. I think it was NFL memes on, on Twitter. That's here, awesome. Here's the deal, and I know we're going to preview what's going on Sunday, so I don't want to lament what happened too much, but – People are like, well, the Patriots are going to go undefeated. No, I never thought that. And yet, I, when we did our preseason picks, I did kind of rubber stamp them as a championship team. And here's the thing. Just like two of you mentioned, I can't just forgive a team that was down 28-3 in the biggest game in their lives, or at least for that year, and just assume that everything will be hunky-dory this year, even though they had a tremendous offseason. You know, like, we shall see. They have to go to New Orleans next week. 
People are like, well, they'll be fine. They lost a game. I don't want to go down and play the Saints at the Superdome. They could easily be coming back to New England 0-2, and then we'll see how much people are freaking out by then. I yeah, I have trouble. I have trouble believing that. Even though the Saints' defense lo- might be a little bit better this year, that defense is not the Chiefs' defense. So, I think Brady will probably have his way. A we'll little. see. We'll see. You may remember that the They'll the Saints played the AFC East their Super Bowl year of '09, and the the Patriots went down there on a Sunday night. I want to say and just got their clocks cleaned. So how is it any different? The, we'll worry about that next week. But I'm just yeah. saying it's not that. Dissimilar. In the last decade, yeah. what it, what is it? Belichick has lost two games in a row, like zero times <laughs> or one time, like in the last decade or so. I think so, you're forgetting so though, and I know we'll worried. talk about this more. But I think you're forgetting. We shall see the impact of Adrian Peterson because I don't think the Saints are going to be obsessed with scoring every single second. Right. A point a minute offense like they they like there's a reason they signed Adrian Peterson. You know. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll find that out as we go though. Right. All right, so that game was crazy and fun. John, what game this weekend are you looking forward to watching? This is one that uh, I guess uh, I wouldn't have entered the off season thinking this is the game I'm looking forward to week one, but I'm kind of fired up for the Panthers at the 49ers. Uh, the Panthers, I- I've been building my teams without Panthers in part because I don't know how all the pieces fit yet. I think they're transitioning their offense to fit more of what guys like uh, Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey can do. And how is that going to affect, you know, can Cam Newton do that? How does it affect uh, uh, Kelvin Benjamin? How does it affect Greg Olson? So I'm really intrigued to see how that's going to go. And on the flip side, I've found myself all over the 49ers and the, the Kyle Shanahan effect and what I think he can do for that offense from Brian Hoyer down to Carlos Hyde down to Pierre Garçon. Uh, down to George Kittle at tight end. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are at the low end of the fantasy radar that I think are going to be pretty exciting plays, whether it's season long or plugging them in at a value in your DFS lineup. So I'm thrilled about that game. I, I'm looking forward to seeing mm-hmm. what can happen. Carolina at San Francisco. I'm I, I'm with you on every bit of that. Garcon, Hoyer, McCaffrey. I, man, I'm excited to see all of that, especially McCaffrey, just because you know that there's going to be some really cool toy gadget play or something that people will be talking about on Monday. Jay, you interested in that game, or well, you got a different game? Well, I know you wanted to talk about Raiders, Tennessee, uh, right. Titans, so I will I'm let ex- you take that one. Here's the deal with me. I am, if unless the Lions are playing and the Lions, uh, uh, I, I, I don't have cable this year. I've got Roku, so I'm not going to have the direct TV. So, you can, so I'm going to have to rely on NFL Red Zone to carry me for a lot of things. Um I, you know, everyone's going to be watching Seattle Green Bay at 4 o'clock, but at the same time, I will be fascinated by two games that no one really cares about. One for 1 p.m. game between the Ravens and the, the Bengals, okay? I've been trumpeting A.J. Green for the last three weeks. If anyone's listened to a single word I've written or a single thing I've said in the last three weeks, it's been all about A.J. Green in this matchup. His last five games against the Ravens, he's scored, a, he's scored in every game. And he, and for a grand total of six touchdowns during that span, he uh, charting the last four years of week one outings. A.J. Green is the undisputed king among P, uh, PPR receivers. Uh, he's averaging eight catches, 134 yards, and one touchdown for an average of 27.4 PPR points. That's his last four week one outings. That's great. Andy Dalton last year, people forget, he, you know, he had 18 touchdowns per low. But he started out week one and two with identical numbers of 366 yards passing and one touchdown. So I'm excited about that. I'm also excited about Joe Flacco. People forget. He's elite. He set last year 
personal highs with completions, pass attempts, passing rate, and uh, passing yards, 4,317. Plus, he, uh, he has averaged 45 pass attempts in his, in whenever they play the Bengals since 2013. It is the largest usage rate of any that he averages against any team. I'm excited about uh, Colts for uh, uh, Colts Rams just because I I cannot wait to see what the Rams look like under Jeff Fisher. Like I would not watch or, Jeff Fisher game. Like I cannot watch the Rams or I cannot watch any team that Jeff Fisher is affiliated with. Where Sean McVay <laughs> will do wonders for this team. Mm-hmm. Scott Tolzien will do nothing. You know we talked about the other day. A rising tide brings up all boats or ships or whatever. Lifts all boats, yeah. Scott Tolzien brings down everybody else. So <laughs> while everyone everyone is watching Seattle Green Bay at four o'clock or four twenty five on Sunday, I will probably be more fixated from a fantasy novice perspective. I will probably be more fixated on Indianapolis, uh, the Rams, and that makes me the saddest person ever. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I love Week One. And you know why I like it? And it's ironic that because we're filming this from the rooftop of our building, it's a beautiful day here in Minneapolis. But nine out of ten times, the weather is picture perfect on week one. And even if it's cold, people worry about the rain. I tell people I don't care about cold weather. I mean, I don't care about the rain, only in cold weather. Like, the ball moves incredibly well in week one. I think we're going to have a great week of scoring. Yeah. I'm, I, I really do love that it does feel that a lot of week ones have a lot of scoring. So, And speaking of a lot of scoring, the highest Vegas over-under of the week is the Tennessee versus Oakland matchup. I support that, too. That I am really, really excited to watch. I'm excited to watch Mariota and all his new weapons, his shiny new toys. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see Derek Carr come back from injury and – He's got Marshawn Lynch. I'm excited to see Marshawn Lynch on the field again to see does he still have it at all. <laughs> he has a great line, but does he have it? I, I'm a little disappointed that no one in the media has built this game up as the battle of the fractured fibulas. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm surprised. John, you excited for that one? I am excited. You know, as a as a closet Titan fan back at the old fan ball, the uh, the AFC South days. was yes, the Eddie George, the ironically the Jeff Fisher days, but uh, <laughs> it, they had enough offense in Steve McNair and Eddie George to overcome Jeff Fisher. Um, yeah, Drew I've been Bennett at, for like a week oh, or three weeks with Terry Collins. I, yeah, I could yeah, do an entire yeah. podcast on the year that. Uh, Billy Volek and Drew Bennett yeah, won me, a, Volek, won me yeah. a championship. But uh, th- I, I'm excited about Mariota. I, I want to see how this uh, receiving core meshes. If Eric Decker is the red zone threat, we think he's going to be. How healthy Corey Davis is. How that backfield's going to play out. Um, and Oakland, as a Derek Carr dynasty owner, uh, I'm curious to see how much of a bite is Marshawn Lynch going to take or is that just going to expand the offense? You know, Is it going to be the same amount of points? with Marshawn taking a bigger bite, or is that offense going to grow in the number of yards and points that it creates? In Keep which case, alive. we go back to Jay's uh, story about uh, rising tide gets your dinghy wet, or what was the... Quit playing uh, with your dinghy. That's <laughs> it. All right. Nice. Yeah, so so moving on from that game, uh, there's a guy that I have in the rankings a, a tad bit higher than everyone else, right, John? Nothing wrong with that. You've got... Uh, y- you are all over the quarterback we just talked about, Derek Carr. You've got him as your number one quarterback, and so we wow. thought we'd give you the opportunity, since Jay and I aren't quite sold on that yet, to you know, convince us. So, Oh, so you want me to convince you? Well, I, you don't have to convince us. You I can just have tell him us why. high, so I don't need you to... Where, where to do you have him? To, to top three, top four? 
Oh, um, you've got him ten. I've got him <laughs> eleven. I mean, he's yeah. a he's 10, a 11, starter. He's a fantasy starter. I'm not. It's not like we hate Derek Carr, but you're obviously you love the prospects, and so we just would like to know why. All right, both of these teams were bottom seven against the pass last year. The over under, as previously stated, is the highest of the week in the fifties. Uh, <laughs> last year, the Titans' pass defense gave up multi touchdown games to nine different quarterbacks. Four of those quarterbacks scored three touchdowns, and 12 quarterbacks scored 20-plus points against them. 14, of them. 14 quarterbacks had over 15 points against them. The only two that didn't were Ryan Tannehill and Sean Hill, week one, <laughs> Minnesota Viking there. But also, seven quarterbacks had 300-yard games against the Titans last year. That was tied for worst in the NFL. That, that's the absolute most. It's, it's unreal. They allowed a passing touchdown in 14 games. Listen to all these stats. It's ridiculous <laughs> how bad the Titans were against fantasy quarterbacks. I'm sold. I'm buying. I'm moving them up right now. <laughs> Not to mention they, they allowed an average of 39 attempts a game, and, I, and I'd be shocked if Carr doesn't have 39 attempts in this shootout. He did. Uh, he had the early vacation last year. I think he's ready to get back and sling it. The, the concern, like I said, or, or not necessarily a concern, but is Marshawn Lynch, is he taking a bite or is he adding to the pie? Is right. he bringing his own plate of cupcakes to the pie? Yeah, the, the, there is a concern that the, the offense goes more rushing, um, and both teams are, you know, not the Oakland last year, but if, if Marshawn makes them more of a running team and Tennessee is already more of a running team, that over-under might not hit, and it might surprise people. I, I think a lot of people are probably just looking at how bad the pass defenses were last year. Derek Carr, Mariota, and think all the toys and thinking it's going to go over. But there is there is a game script where it could stay low. I, I just don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, you, you, you didn't sound like you needed too much convincing on Carr. John seems already convinced that yep. he's going to move him up a couple spots. You've done spots. your job. Uh, who do you have, Jay, that, that you're high on and we're low on? Maybe John should introduce well, that. Well, okay, I, I don't have the rankings in front of me. So I why, do. Why, I why do. don't you tell me where I am uh, with Lamar Miller compared to you guys? You've got him at number four. Okay. Fish still has him as a starter at RB10. Oh, that's got to change. I, I may think. be dinging him a little bit more than I should, but I've got him at RB28. I don't, I don't okay. like the matchup. Wow. I don't like the line. Deep. But like I said, I'm, I'm here with an open mind. I'm ready to hear you sell me on moving him up. Well, gonna, I, okay, I before okay. you do, I'm going to say I think that's an oversight on my part. I think I would have him closer to 20. Wow. But, uh, I mean, it's undersight. Clo- <laughs> undersight, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, I, RB10 shocks me, so I'm going to have to go take a look at my rankings. I, I'm surprised. I do not like Lamar But Miller, Jay so. could prevent you Jay, from doing that. Jay, talk to you prevent I, you. I, normally, you, sh- you guys know, I do incredible amounts of just research. And so a lot of times I think it's pointless research, like where it's almost like I, you know, I'm trying to analyze too much. I don't have any concrete evidence to support him having a great day against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's defense is respected. Um, you know that they they fare well against run and against pass. When, you know most teams there's a yin and yang effect where you're either great at stopping the run or you're great at stopping the the pass and vice versa. Where Jacksonville is solid in both things. And Lamar Miller has played Jacksonville, I believe, six times. Uh, whether he was with the Dolphins or Houston, and his track record isn't that great. But I will say this though. Sunday, you cannot put a 
it's just a hard number on what's going to happen Sunday. This will be Saints-Falcons from 2006, where the city of Houston, wherever, well, the NFL world will be pointing to what's happening in Houston on Sunday. And I think the Texans will be sky high for this matchup. I don't really have a lot of faith in Tom Savage getting it done in the passing game, so I think they're going to turn to Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller has... Uh, Basic guy, I feel like I'm defending a guy who doesn't need defending. Last three years, <laughs> he's like averaged 1,300-plus he yards and eight touchdowns a year. And yet I feel like I'm kind of on an, on an island by keeping him at number 10, 11 for the year among PPR backs. He, uh, he's had, what, four touchdowns his last two games, last two regular seasons, two receiving of the thing, okay? I just think that it's a hunch, it's a really good hunch that he will be the star on Sunday uh, not Kareem Hunt, like, <laughs> but at the same time, I already put it out in um, the column that the, the "You Are Looking Live" column that I will have uh, be running r- Friday. I'm already putting myself out there. I am guaranteeing 150 total yards and one touchdown, or I retire. Kind of like something you'd see from wrestling, you know. I, I have to admit, I I didn't uh, factor in the the emotional Houston it's thing, and the the, the comparison to to New Orleans was, was fantastic. Thank you. Can I can I do I will say this about the 150 total yards. He's done it four times in his career, so it's not something yeah, that's 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 out of the realm of possibilities. And it's here's the deal. If if I don't want to make Hurricane Harvey seem like it was, you know, I'm not downplaying it, I'm not overplaying whatever. If this was a regular game and we didn't have Hurricane Harvey, would Miller be my number 4 guy? No. Okay. You think I'm emotion's going to yeah, play? Yeah, I think a big emotion factor. will play into this. So I'm perfectly willing to say that for once in my lifetime, I'm I'm throwing out the recent track record and I'm going with I think emotion setting a tone for the year, uh, helping Tom Savage out, you know, help a brother mm, out. Like, right. uh, don't make him throw the ball more than 25 times in this game and things like that. So I think they will lean heavily, heavily on Lamar Miller. And as you touch on that, what a great opportunity to mention what Scott Fish has going on with uh, uh, the Fantasy Cares game that you've got set up to uh, to send some money to Houston. So why don't you uh, pitch that a little bit? Sure. I'm, I have a league we're running. We have over 200 people in it. It's on League Safe. Uh, you can go to fantasycares.net to hit up the League Safe link to join the league, uh, or just hit me up on Twitter at scottfish24. And half of the pot is going to help Houston. Right now, the pot's over two thousand dollars, so that means over a thousand dollars is going to go to Houston wow. at the moment. It's a one-timer league. You don't. You don't. It's not a draft. You you go in and you submit a six-person lineup each week. You can only use a player once. So if you use Tom Brady. Or I suppose that time has passed, but if you use <laughs> Julio Jones this week, you can't use him again for the rest of the season. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a pretty fun format, and we're doing a good thing with it. I can't I can't disagree. And uh, could I, could I go in and put? Uh, I'd like to start Alex Smith as my quarterback. <laughs> Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt at running back. Not a single person started Kareem Hunt. Wow. Two hundred plus wow. teams. Not that's, a single person. That's wait 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 wait. How many? So this is you can just pick anybody mm-hmm. to start for the yep. thing. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Six, six, per, six per week. But you can only yeah. use them the one we, time. We had some. Oh, so it's kind of like a knockout pool. Yeah, you, you can't can, double yeah, up. Yeah, no one's gonna. Okay, we had a on the on the elevator right up here. We had a one of the construction workers uh, helping Amazon build their their monop- their next monopoly right here, and uh, he was kind of lamenting while he didn't start him. Don't feel bad. Yep. You you didn't start a rookie in his debut against one of the be- you know top ten defenses. They don't don't feel bad at all about that, you know. Right. 
So uh, we we have one more guy, John. John, you got a guy that you're going to need to defend. I and I'm not sure if if anyone has listened to like Jay said. If you've listened to me at all this preseason, if you've read anything I've written, uh, if I had a nickel for every time that I said the name Pierre Garcon. Uh, I could pay off his Division Three uh, student <laughs> loans because the dude did not get a scholarship to go to Mount Union, played some great college football, and played some great football under Kyle Shanahan in Washington, and now they're reunited. And I've got him as my number five receiver. I think much like you know, with without the emotional charge of, of you know rebounding from the hurricane, I think the 49ers, who have been lights out in week one already the past two seasons, now they've got a new coach, they've got a new quarterback, they've got a new system. They get a Carolina defense that has to travel cross-country to face them uh, that was not particularly strong last year against fantasy wide receivers. They were a, a bottom 10 defense. You saw a little bit of what Pierre Garçon has going with uh, Brian Hoyer in the third preseason game against a pretty good Vikings defense. Seven targets, I mean, in, in limited time. Very so limited. I, I'm I'm more than willing, you know, as, as fanball employees, we're not allowed to um, play in any of our front-facing games, but we do have a couple... Internal uh, private games. internal games and the price point of 6400 yep. on Pierre Garcon. I got boxed out of that. Well, that you got to be quick. You, yeah, mean, you, you do. can't, you be you quick can't delay. And part of that was me getting uh, all of these $6,400 Pierre Garcon that I could. So, um, Yeah, do you do you feel no, no guilt at all by filling out eight entries for a contest with a 20-entry max? You, you feel <laughs> <enough>? <laughs> but see, that's the beauty of fanball is that I can't. You know, I'm only playing. I only play the one entry allowed in in all of the internals. But uh, with every one of them, I, the first name I go to, Pierre Garcon. I, I love the week one possibilities for for Garcon. And I've got him at wide receiver five as we've been comparing rankings. I, I've got him as a top five fantasy receiver this week. You guys aren't. They don't hate him. You've got him at 15 for Scott Fish and 18 for Jay Clemens. So you've still got him as a viable starter. I'm just saying this is a guy I got to have in my lineup. Yeah, it's. You know, maybe I need to move him up. I, I don't. I don't know. It's tough. There, there's a there's a good group of wide receivers this week, but uh, man, that is such a good price. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think Derek Carr at I believe seventy eight hundred on Fanball is such a good price. My number one quarterback, and he's currently like the eighth most expensive quarterback. Uh, I'm not sure where Lamar Miller is, but all of these, considering the way we're talking about them, all of these can be considered really good values in your fan ball lineup this week. I I love Garcon this week. I I can't disagree. I can't disagree with anything you said. How about you, Jay? I know Charch loves uh, Brian Hoyer. So if you love Brian Hoyer this week, then by extension, you probably love yeah. Uh, um, Kyle Uzcheck, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't uh, love Kyle Juszczyk this year? By the way, um, I've already what did I set the over under at four and a half touchdowns. Four and a half on touchdowns for Juszczyk. Yeah, that's I'm saying at least I'm taking the over on four and a half touchdowns. I kind of want to take year. that just just, <laughs> just so I, I have a board bet out there. <laughs> um, I don't. Yeah, we didn't plan this out, but I I mean I think I've said this before. Uh, Carlos Hyde is my number two guy for the week. Okay, I think he's this, in my top five. This is one you can actually six. take to the bank six. with actual hard numbers. Uh, he has scored at least one touchdown. In his uh, last three season openers, he has scored a grand total of five touchdowns in his last uh, since 2014 in the openers. The last two week one outings were San Francisco won by an aggregate score of 48 to three. Uh, Carlos Hyde averaged averaged 134 total yards and two touchdowns. Uh, so I think he will be a monster guy against mm-hmm. the the Panthers this week as well. 
I don't. I, I'm just kind of reading down the list. I know who I don't like this week. I don't like Des Bryant. I, and here's the thing: Des, you didn't like him in the preseason. Des, That's no surprise. Des Bryant. That's like not liking broccoli one ball for a you. Piece. Last year against the Giants, two outings. He had two total catches, two for two games. A, tally, a cumulative total, two catches, 18 yards, zero touchdowns. Uh, Scott Tolzien, I know we talked about this before. T.Y. Hilton has never scored a touchdown in week one, guys. You know, things like that. These are the Scott things Tolzien that, that changes scare all that? me no. to death. <laughs> and so, you know, like there's guys I like, there's guys I hate. You know, like I, A.J. Green, uh, you know, Tevin Coleman has scored a touchdown in five straight games. He has had either 100 total yards and or one touchdown in 12 times in his last 16 games, guys, including the playoffs. These are people that I jump on. I had a good feeling about James White for the year, not so much for the season. Tevin Coleman is a week in, week out. He, he's a gold as a starter, even if he's an RB2 in real life. You know, and as I'm perusing the prices on the uh, Fanball Contest lobby, you would be able to put together a, a backfield of Lamar Miller at 6,600 and, and Carlos Hyde at 6,200. And Tevin Coleman as a flex. Let's, let's track yeah. him down because we're talking about, you know, almost four, three and a half, four thousand dollars $4,000 lower than uh, what the top-level guys are getting. I'm still there's Coleman at six grand. So you you've spent uh, eighteen grand on three on a pretty decent backs. backfield, yeah. And especially if it, if it's guys that uh, you're on board with this week, that's that's what week one is all about. You've you've had all of this ramp up. Now let's put them on the table. Let's see what happens. Right, and there's there are a lot of contests at Fanball.com. Go to the lobby. There Tons. there are GPPs that uh, there are some that if you jump in, you might almost be guaranteed to win money at this point. Uh, well, they, they'll probably fill up by the, Sunday. The, the, but no, here's the thing: pressure makes all diamonds. You know, pressure makes diamonds. Whatever. Like nothing gets people going like the a closing contest. You know, like uh, in my experience of playing thing. Like when you see, it's kind of like when you do the old ESPN mock draft lobby five, ten years ago. When you seen saw the thing closing up, you would freak out. Well, where if people have that same kind of anxiety when they see that a contest is closing, and people will be blown away by the things that we're doing here. You know, we're just getting off the ground now in terms of getting the, you know, bringing fan ball back from the dead and things like that. But people say to me all the time, we are becoming a full-service website where we do everything that DraftKings FanDuel does, but we give the content, and we have the contests, and you can get your fan ball number, and people wonder, well, what's that? It's a lot like getting your, uh, you know, handicap in golf. And, like, it, w- it is now something cool, but three years from now, everyone will know when you say to somebody, what's your fan ball number? They'll know exactly what you're talking about. And how good of a player you are. <laughs> so. yeah, well, exactly. And know, and know that uh, I want Jay in my league or, eh, I don't know, that guy knows his stuff. I'm going to have to stay away. So go to fanball.com. Get your number if you haven't yet. Sign up for some contests. There's lots of them going. <laughs> I think more getting added Day and it, all, day, it, it closes, like. what, what, five minutes before kickoff on Sunday, I believe, is that when everything uh, closes off? Is that how we do it here? I'm, I'm guessing, I, yeah, I so. right, right, right at that. And now you're just you're, you're just setting up customer service to just get bombarded. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Uh, I, let's I make, love life, guys, but make I, life easy on the girls I, I, and sign up now. I love those guys. But, man, they're yeah, it's going to be something else for them. Uh, uh, you know, two hours in, when inactive period comes in, yeah. uh, 90 minutes before, that's when people start, you know, bringing yep. it home. So. so for John Tuvey, at JTuvey on Twitter, and Jay Clemens at MIN underscore Jay Clemens and me at Scott Fish 24. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.